1 Samuel 22, 6-23 Now Saul heard that David was discovered, and the men who were with him. Saul was sitting at Gibeah under the tamarisk tree on the height with his spear in his hand, and all his servants were standing about him. And Saul said to his servants who stood about him, Hear now, people of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you all commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds that all of you have conspired against me? No one discloses to me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is sorry for me or discloses to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as at this day. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, who stood by the servants of Saul. I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob, to Ahimelech the son of Ahitub. And he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent to summon Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's house, the priests who were at Nob, and all of them came to the king. And Saul said, Hear now, son of Ahitub. And he answered, Here I am, my lord. And Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, in that you have given him bread and a sword, and have inquired of God for him, so that he has risen against me to lie in wait as at this day? Then Ahimelech answered the king, And who among all your servants is so faithful as David, who is the king's son-in-law and captain over your bodyguard and honored in your house? Is today the first time that I've inquired of God for him? No, let not the king impute anything to his servant or to all the house of my father, for your servant has known nothing of all this, much or little. And the king said, You shall surely die, Ahimelech, you and all your father's house. And the king said to the guard who stood about him, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because their hand is all their hand also is with David, and they knew that he fled and did not disclose it to me. But the servants of the king would not put out their hand to strike the priests of the Lord. Then the king said to Doeg, You you turn and strike the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned and struck down the priests, and he killed on that day 85 persons who wore the linen ephod. And Nob, the city of the of priests, he put to the sword, both man and woman, child and infant, ox, donkey, and sheep, he put to the sword. But one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. And David said to Abiathar, I knew on that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me, do not be afraid. For he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safekeeping. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Poor David. Poor David. <laughs> well, poor poor priests. Yeah, you know, a lot yeah. of sadness here. Yeah, um, yeah. As Saul comes back on the scene. So again, you know, we're back and forth, back and forth. We're seeing how is David? Yeah. How is Saul? 
Yeah. Just like, to, like there's so much contrast mm-hmm. that's trying to be shown. And one of the things actually that I think helps frame up this whole story is something Jesus said when they accused him of being like of the devil mm. and of Beelzebub. And he mm. said, you cast out demons by, you know, Satan basically, by the power of evil. And he's like, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think one of the things that we are seeing here is Saul is, he has lost trust, you know, in oh, his own yeah. people. And he is, he is killing his own people. Mm-hmm. He is killing the priests of the Lord. And the soldiers are no longer taking his soldiers his won't do it. They yeah. won't, they won't participate because this doesn't make sense. This is ridiculous, but who will? The, the foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. The one who's not of the people of Israel. And then this is fascinating. So we, uh, you know, we, in the beginning of first Samuel, there, there's a city that God commands Saul to execute justice against and, and destroy. And, and Saul spares Agag, the king. And, and, you know, he basically destroys the stuff he has no use for and keeps the the good sheep and and the good king or the powerful king and you know all the stuff that can benefit him and here the opposite happens nob the city of priests he put to the sword both man and woman child and infant ox donkey and sheep he put to the sword so it's this dramatic reversal mm-hmm. of okay why you know why did saul spare you know the city at the beginning it's it was for his own sake for his own glory and why does he destroy all of this city and all the people the innocent people mm-hmm. uh for his own glory in pursuit of his own glory mm-hmm. and so yeah it's like a very interesting dichotomy there yeah yeah and he's totally disillusioned as he does it too like we read a few days ago about Jonathan like Jonathan wasn't doing anything to you know, cause David to want to kill Saul, but he sort of has this, you know, illusion in his mind that David's against him. And, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, his, his, his ruling as King right now is, is going further and further South. And again, reminding us of this like theme of, okay, how is this pointing us to, to God and to Christ and to his kingdom um, and, and how his King ought to reflect the authority of God and the rule of God. Um, you know, David is, is taking someone in and he's even taking responsibility for something that he didn't do, Yeah, you know, and he's, and he's, he's offering safeguard and protection. Mm. And, and this is a picture of God's rulership in Mm. our life versus when we try to rule even in the name of God, um, you know, in an ungodly way, in a way that's for ourselves, it leads to distrust. It leads to disillusionment. It leads to I mean, a kind of hatefulness that mm-hmm. manifested here is certainly murder. Yeah. Um, but even in our own lives could be a, a ruling with a leading with hatefulness and distrust. And so um, it's, it's certainly a contrast between the two men, but I think it's also reminding us of like, what does the king who's ruling under the Lord and with mm. the Lord's power and strength and yeah. confidence in him and trust ultimately, what does that look like? And David has given mm-hmm. us a picture of that. Yeah. So there's an interesting piece of the story that actually happens between yesterday's passage and today's passage. And it's in a different book of the Bible. It's actually in in Psalms. Uh, And it's Psalm 34. 
is the the song that David writes after uh you know changing his appearance uh before uh the king of Gath and it is driven away and it's if you don't recognize the reference Psalm 34 I guarantee you you recognize a lot of these uh, phrases magnify magnify the lord with me let us exalt his name together or um, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Psalm 34 is like one of the greatest psalms, uh, and it's uh, fully just about deliverance and about how those who fear the Lord, the Lord encamps around mm-hmm. and protects. And so it's this huge sigh of relief that we don't really see here in First Samuel. Mm-hmm. But so after... After departing and going into the forest of Hereth, there there's this moment uh, of great relief and, and joy for David. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I love this verse uh, from, or I'll read two verses from thirty four seventeen and eighteen. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Mm-hmm. And then I love this: the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Mm. You know, he's just laying into like, the Lord is near the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. And David is, you know, so brokenhearted. And then at the end of this passage, it's this even heavier blow where, you know, he says, I have occasioned the death. I have caused Mm. the death of all the persons of your father's house Mm -hmm. to this servant. And you know, like imagine just this wave, you know, so there's the fear and then acting mad. And then this like moment of relief that was all kind of in yesterday's story. And then now David is like kicked back down into the dirt of, you know, just feeling terribly guilty mm-hmm. and, and broken. And I know it's, it's important. Like as we read this, just to like feel the, the gravity of the, the narrative, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that that verse that you just read, and just reminding of the, I mean, yeah, the the mercy and nearness of God, willing to enter into brokenness. Yeah, kind of echoing back to the people who came as like David's company. Yeah, um, in the last passage too, you know, the the outcasts, mm-hmm. and so just giving us this picture of this merciful King, um, yeah. which we have in Jesus as yeah. well. So, well, any other thoughts on this passage? No, I'm just you know it's. We're going to see more and more as David is leaning into this belief that those who wait for the Lord will see good. And Saul is trying to make good with his own hands, and we'll see how it plays out. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Jeremy Brooks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.